0: i'm delighted that you've decided to tune in and rejoin us we've got some absolutely fantastic content coming your way so all that's left to say is sit back relax and enjoy this episode welcome to driven by data the podcast season three Today, I'm delighted to be rejoined by two guests from the very first season. We've got Mr. Ed Child, who is the Global Head of Consumer Data and Digital Analytics at Costa Coffee, and James Miller, who is the Product and Strategy Director at Carruthers & Jackson. So, gents, thank you very much for joining us.
1: Thank you. No, thanks, Carl. Nice to be back.
0: Nice to be back. It's been It's been a while. Yeah. So about two years or so. I think episode one and episode three of the first season. So hopefully I've improved since then, but probably not. So uh...
1: <laughs> You've got us back, so I don't know. Yeah. But yeah, I'm sure you have. <laughs> yeah, thanks
0: for that. <laughs> um, so look, where, where we always we start, gents, I know a lot of people will know who you are. And um, obviously people will probably listen to the first, uh, first episode with, with both of you on. But just give us a, a brief introduction, if you would, and background and journey up, up until this point in time just you know quick uh, snapshot if you would ed do you want to dive in first
2: Sure. Thanks, Carl. Well, first of all, thanks for having me back. A pleasure to be here. So, um, yeah, so I'm a child. So I've been working in data and analytics for uh, about 20 years now. So a bit of background on me. I'm a proud geographer. Uh, Started where I have some um, similarities with Mr. Miller over there. Um, So I started my kind of career in sort of GIS and sort of location analytics. um, And that kind of got me into kind of like data, really looking at applications of like data to make businesses is better um and yeah so from from sort of working in gis and um, geography background been working a lot in uh, retail specifically over the last 20 years and that's probably where i get most excited personally just because it's a really fast moving environment um and yeah over the years worked at asda did a few years over at walmart in the us and have now been at um, costa coffee for the last um year and a half so um yeah that's a little bit of an overview from me nice mr miller
1: brilliant yeah no thank you so again Good, nice to be back, Carl, and thanks, thanks for inviting me and Ed at the same time. So Ed and I, I met a couple of years ago, so there's a yeah. story behind that where we worked together for for, for a little while on customer problems. But <laughs> Similar to Ed, probably a similar vintage, aren't we? Ed? I mean, I, I started best part of 20 years ago in data. Um, I, I'm a, I self describe myself as a, as a retailer, really. That's where I, that's where I came from, but a geographer as well. So uh, I've been, mean, you know, early part of my career was. Accused of colouring things in quite often, um, but uh, you know, in the early days, I was very much focused on um, customer analytics. So um, would be called data science now, but fundamentally, you know, using data to predict customer behaviour, so we could open more stores. The retail chains I was working at um, using, using kind of geography and customer to understand how people behave. Um, and then through my career, um, a lot of it, I said, was in retail and real estate. Um, set up one of the first analytics data teams at uh, Dixon's uh, way back when. It's now Currys, it's PC World, and Dixon's and High Street stuff, and all sorts of you know very different business back then. Um, spent some time at Experian. So Experian, I led uh, uh, data customer analytics and sort of data strategy consulting at Experian, all focused on customer problems for lots and lots of brands, helping them understand who their customers are, how they engage with them, or what have you. Um, uh, in more recent more recent times um i'm back into consulting after uh, a few kind of steps as uh, a sort of interim chief data officer in places and some interesting interesting pieces of work there but yeah but my, my background is analytics customer and consumer kind of data science product data strategy a real kind of mix so that's me nice
0: nice thank you very much um ed. Obviously, for anyone based in the UK, they'll very much know who Costa Coffee are. But um, we have listeners from apparently 124 different countries. Um, So some of them might not know who Costa Coffee are. So just give us a a very high level overview of that business and I guess your role within it, if you would.
2: Yeah, of course. So um, Costa Coffee. um, So um, we're actually owned by Coca-Cola. So we're the kind of leading coffee arm of the Coca-Cola business. We were acquired by Coke about five, six, six years ago. Um, So we're the market leader for coffee in the UK, uh, which is our sort of home ground. And we're in about 35 different countries globally. Um, And our business is actually pretty much different in every market around the world. So we have a kind of retail business where we have uh, over two and a half thousand stores in the UK. Uh, We have a express kind of business, which is standalone machines, which we put in the right location. So it could be in a convenience store or a supermarket giving you coffee on the go. Uh, we also have a ready to drink business, which is putting sort of tinned, like uh, sort of canned products in your sort of uh, like a, um, a cappuccino or a, a flat white um, as a tin like product in uh, stores. And then we've got our FMCG arm too, where we sell our like, products via supermarkets. So very interesting business. Um, like I was saying before, every kind of market's different, which means we don't have a sort of cookie cutter Approach in a different markets. So UK is our kind of biggest, um, and um, yeah, we've got big businesses in China, Japan, Malaysia, a lot in the like Middle East. We're just opening up in the US too. So a lot to like go after, and you know, great that we're uh, seen by Coca-Cola as a growth kind of business around coffee and drinks. So anyway, what do I do? Um, so I'm a bit of a data. Evangelist, as it were, on the cost side, and I guess it's like my role to then go, how can we really help the like business understand how to deliver value out of all of our kind of data? So um, in the UK, my team looks after the loyalty scheme, so we have the sort of largest consumer data coffee set in the UK on like coffee. Um, which is amazing so how do we actually use that as a real competitive advantage so we use that for a lot about understanding consumer but then we can also use it to help make better operational choices help our stores look at better demographics trends behaviors so um, my focus is very much on sort of consumer and digital but we're also playing an increasing role of how do we how do we help use this data across all the different parts of our kind
0: of business nice yeah. so just about to land in the us so watch out starbucks um here we go um james give us a a quick overview of carillas and jackson obviously um two two names that many people within the community will be um familiar with but just give us the the high level
1: yeah no absolutely yeah also i'm a a massive user of Costa's services Ed. so i'll be in your files somewhere (laughs) Um, oh, brilliant. So um, what my, my role is a product and strategy director at Craves & Jackson, but um, f- f- I'll tell you about that in a second. But for those of you probably who aren't aware of Craves & Jackson, um, we do have a real kind of global reach actually through our our, our community. Craves & Jackson quite simply is uh, we style ourselves as, as uh, strategic data partners. What that basically means is we, we help organizations uh, transform through data. So what we're focused on... It's helping them really kind of, you know, get to grips of how you treat data as an asset, as an organization. Um, it's very strategic work. Um, so it's all it's data strategy focused. So our work, typical engagements involve helping organizations really work out what they want to do with data. So what's their true purpose for data? So all the kind of uh, effing from, you know, developing a strong vision for what they want to do with data through to understanding their maturity and actually creating the data strategy end to end and and helping them helping them kind of implement and mobilize that so crabs and jackson you, as you mentioned there's two names there caroline cravers and, and peter jackson the founders um obviously originally wrote their books a number of years a number of years ago but um we've got a, a really strong community who we kind of support through our um our kind of our our events and activities we have a summer school every year for aspiring data leaders which i was lucky enough to host this year um, and try well basically it was a kind of trying to try to kind of keep caroline and peter to script because they're they're, they're they're a couple of characters but uh, but my, my my role really is um delivering a lot of that work so i work with c-suite and a lot of organizations to help them develop those data strategies um, I'm all about how we kind of sell data in. How do we really make it work, at organizations? But the day-to-day role for me is on the delivery side, but also kind of leading our strategy as an organization, how we work, um, and on the product side, so our propositions um, and our services and how we how we develop develop them out and um, and you know create value for our kind of wider data community. Nice.
0: Thank you very much. So, I mean, data strategy for, uh, I mean, well, for the last probably five or six years, it's been all the rage, but there seems to be or have been over the last 12 to 18 months, this kind of refocused on trying to strategize again around data, probably fueled by many businesses trying and, you know, maybe not quite hitting the heights that they hoped that they would. Um Ed, I'll come to you first on this, but James, feel free to jump in whenever you like. Why is it important then that the customer, if we're looking at this as this might be you know second and third glance at strategizing around data, why does the customer need to be at the heart of of any data strategy? Like, what's the what's the purpose of getting to that? Because I think that's possibly an area that many businesses have failed at by not looking at it through that lens, right?
2: Yeah, I think it's. Um it's a kind of great kind of question and I think as we all know trading now is a really tough and competitive market and I think if now if you really don't understand your like customer you're really gonna like hurt um, that actually you really have to put the customer at the center of your kind of business and I feel businesses have said this for a long time but actually our role within data and analytics functions is to like bring that to life because so many businesses like ours sit on so much first-party data we have this opportunity to 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 firstly understand consumers better than ever but then secondly how do we based on that understanding serve them them kind of like better so it it feels like going currently businesses should be and I, i feel are generally doubling down on their data and analytics areas which means you've got to really make sure that your customer is at the heart of your data strategy because that's ultimately where your like business and your sort of lifelines coming from
0: Hmm. yeah It, it interests me quite a lot because i think obviously there's an awful lot of debate in the industry around how do we get more value out of this right and the the kind of challenge around trying to put pounds and pence on the data analytics initiatives but ultimately um you know what businesses are trying to do is be better at what they do, right? Which often means they need their customers or consumers to 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 buy or consume more, right? <laughs> right, really. Um, James, have you got anything yeah. to to add there around the importance of that need for the the customer to be at the heart of that strategy, yeah. or or maybe why that's not being the case? Do you think?
1: Yeah, no, it, it, it's really it's it's really interesting interesting area, and you know, one thing I'm going to say now is going is actually really obvious, but doesn't happen enough and uh fundamentally you know the, the job of data strategy as we all know is to enable your business strategy right and i've not come across one organization yet that doesn't have customers at the heart of what it does now that customer may be framed differently It could be a stakeholder in a government situation they could be a citizen mm-hmm. but fundamentally there are outcomes that you know that business has come together to, to deliver something and that's so why it's so fundamental for in my mind for that your data strategy has to be framed around that, around the customer, or however you, however you interpret your customer, um, and it's, it's interesting how many that don't. So how, how many data strategies end up being sort of a, a very dry kind of architectural document, for example, about technology, and not actually putting, putting the customer at centre, which, which I, I find fascinating. And you know, a good business, in my mind, articulates a really strong story around the consumer or the customer, or whoever they serve data strategy has to do the same it's there to, to power the decisions for those customers uh, or stakeholders i mean i'm going to get into lots of little you know because i know government doesn't necessarily call them customers for, ex- for example for example you know i'm working with a, an, an ngo at the moment and um they would regard their customers actually as their beneficiaries right so it's mm. These are local farmers around the world who, uh, who, who, who can do better through, you know, improve supply chains. But again, they're the customer, the beneficiaries, why they need their data to drive things better for them. And the only other thing I'd add probably there is when it comes to say, you know, and I, I like to sell stuff in. Um, when it comes to telling the story, when we think about the business end of our organizations, they really understand, you know, they should really understand the customer, and the consumer, so being able to actually tell the story of data through the lens of the of, of of the customer is a it's a critical way of kind of conveying the message for data.
0: Mm. Yeah, no, that's a really good point. I get, I put a post up on LinkedIn today, which I know you're probably thinking that's that's not like you, Kyle. But um, <laughs> basically, I was I was trying to my point was I've I've been asking this question over and over again, so I'm going to ask it to, to you two, but basically what you said there James was the point in my post was you know that businesses are going on this data analytics journey but and it doesn't matter who you ask whether you ask an entry level data analyst you ask a, a chief data officer ask anyone in the spectrum through the middle and they'll all tell you the same thing that you know you start with the business strategy or the business objectives and work backwards from that yet the reality of that situation is that it actually very rarely happens like that yeah. Why, why do you think that is?
1: Well I've got a few ideas I'm sure Ed, Ed will have experienced as well at the sharp, the sharp end of this. I think um, I think quite often um, organizations don't know what they're getting into. Um, I think mean, that's one of the one of the big challenges you know like it, it, I suppose the clues in the name isn't it when you talk about transformational change. it's never going to be necessarily straightforward and I think a lot of the time we, we find that organizations underestimate what's truly involved. in in this and obviously the more you know it's a big elephant isn't it you know the old thing about kind of chewing chewing, you know eating one bit at a time uh but they you know so many organizations try to tackle the whole thing um a a common trope within our sector is it it becoming about technology too quickly that is often a problem um where the shiny objects you know rule rule the day you know can we throw a bit of ai at that comes in far too early (laughs) Yeah. In 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 the journey, you know when you know when there's no use cases for it. But there's lots of there's lots of there's lots of reasons. Funny strategies not not working. I think as I mentioned, you know, not telling a strong enough story is one of them. And that's what come, I want to bring that back around to customer. And that's why it's so important to tell the story of the customers part of your strategy. Why how data will change things for your customers. Often that story is not told very well. Companies don't actually know their own customers particularly well—they're not invested in understanding who they are. So it kind of it fails, but it doesn't land. There's, I mean, there's lots more, but Ed, I'll let you uh, let you chip in.
2: Yeah, it's a really interesting space, and I think quite often the teams I've been working in have all laddered up either to a chief marketing officer or to a chief customer officer, and that's currently true where I'm sat um overall, reporting up ultimately to a chief marketing officer and you sometimes think that's a bit kind of like weird from a data point of view but actually that gives us more alignment towards customer and also we we like play this like critical role because we can bring customer to life and you know every business is different but we also know going back to the fundamentals of pareto principles and all that fun stuff and the 8020 rule of going customers are not kind of equal but how do we as the people who sit on top of all of this kind of like data help help the like businesses understand that and then ultimately this is going we we're using this common common knowledge of data and understanding to drive more more profitable consumer growth ultimately Um, but I think this is where, you know, consumer or customer continues to be so important. But I think, James, that's where, we're, where we've, we've probably come in in, like, roles currently, again, being able to, like, translate that. So it's not like a kind of a data thing. It's actually a consumer thing.
1: It's quite interesting. Sorry, I jump in there, Carl, but I often don't self-describe as a data person. That very basis is often actually focused around the, the customer piece, you know, mm. um, coming from the commercial end.
0: Yeah, I mean the the relationship with marketing is is an interesting one, right? Because I think marketeers or marketing as a, as a domain has forever um, had to prove its worth and value. You know, we almost have the same conversation, but um, you know, from from a marketing perspective, they're used to focusing on the customer and being able to turn around to the CEO and say, you know, well, if this campaign cost us X, but it brought in why which i think is is really fascinating so i guess moving into then the actual design and implementation of building a data strategy that does have the 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 customer or the consumer or stakeholder or beneficiary or whatever whoever that customer is um in mind what what are some of the key things that you go in and advise on james when when you're in those businesses
1: yeah so one of the first things we we will often advise, advise on is actually something that gets missed because it's considered woolly, <laughs> but the vision. So a lot of people think, oh, here we go. It's another, you know, something I can print on a poster and put on a, you know, a toilet door to remind everyone why data <laughs> <important." laughs> it, it, it is important. But it's more it's more than that. And uh, I'd say that the vision is utterly critical. So the, the vision from, from my perspective is, is, you know, what do we want data to do for us? And one of the ways that we've been tackling that in recent times is is telling the vision in terms of the story of the customer, actually. So putting them in the heart, front, and center of it. So actually borrowing from marketing, a lot of the case. So we're actually creating personas around customers or their journey through your organization. That could be, you know, booked with a TV uh, channel not so long ago. And we're talking about a day in the life of how the consumer, you know, well, the, the viewer consumes their products and services across different platforms, linear and digital, and what have you. Um, but the point is, you're making it very clear in your vision that everything you're doing is improving the way you're interact with your 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 customer. And and you know, I've got to the point where you're creating nice pen portraits and little segmentations of customers, whatever. In front and center of of a, of a data strategy vision. So that's the first thing we talk about is what do you want from data and how's that going to change your world for your customer? And that's a really nice way of doing it. And and I, you know, coming from a marketing background myself, it's, it's felt quite natural to do that, but um, it does, it has from <laughs> got some strange looks of other people more, more traditionally focused and it opens our eyes to actually seeing how we talk about data in a slightly different way. Mm. So That's one of the, one of the areas I'd say is really interesting.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I guess that's, It's fascinating in that regard, because I think we've gotten to the point in the industry now where everyone's kind of obsessing over ROI, right? Everyone's trying to, it's almost like a scramble to, can I pinpoint an exact figure? Because that's what they think or feel because of all of the conversation around that topic itself, that that's what the CEO or the ex-co or whatever the case may be need to hear. But um, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I would imagine you know they're equally be interested in hearing about how it will impact their customers because you know if that's negative for any way, uh, any reason, you know there's 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 consequences around yeah. around that, right?
1: Yeah, hundred um, percent. And and it, again, going back to using language at the business. Uh, res- resonates with the business talking about the cust- customer does the only other thing i'll add and i'll let Ed, 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 Ed gave his view obviously the only thing I'll add as well which is really important is to is in my mind is thinking think in terms of use cases and again it's one of the other terms in the world of data that gets a little bit controversial on definitions but the initiatives so so what are the things that that, that, that your vision needs to unlock and that could be selling more coffee, for example, or powering a consumer loyalty platform, whatever, whatever it might be. But those things need to be front and center. So taking that kind of use case and was product view is also a great way to think about uh, customer because it's fundamentally creating products and the product, product mindset is actually a, a customer mindset in my mind mm. as well. So, yeah really interesting so i think um i certainly think data strategies are, are, are certainly moving from sort of dry dry documents to something that's really starting to focus on, on customer needs
0: I hope. yeah yeah. i guess that's why the whole topic of storytelling has become so prominent right Yeah. so um ed obviously have you got anything to add there in terms of the actual kind of design of the data strategy and and then maybe if you want to leak into what some of the usual challenges or roadblocks can can be
2: yeah so i think so building on the like points we've kind of talked about already i think having having a consumer focus and being able to translate this into a language that the broader business understands so for me a data like strategy isn't there to convince your it teams or your data people to like do stuff it's here to help kind of convince your overall business of the value of kind of data. So we need to translate it into a language that they understand. Um, so the consumer angle is really important there because I think we've probably all, all kind of worked places previously where these can be very dry, very IT centric and very, you just think, what's in this for like me this is all about tech and it or buzzwords of ai and ml whereas if we can say look if we like do this this improves business outcomes and consumers or we can drive more uh, profitable growth by uh, increasing consumer spend by x um, i think in terms of kind of pitfalls or uh, challenges where a uh, data strategy can um, go wrong I think one is business buy-in. So the key role for us, as sort of leaders and people in this space, is just making sure we've got stakeholder buy-in with all of our like, like different like teams. Absolutely key. Um, and again, let's not not like focus data like strategy on being a a kind of tech tech kind of project. Um, this is a sort of broader business initiative but i think it's important that we can engage the right kind of stakeholders with the right language to to get them genuinely excited by this stuff it's um data like strategy shouldn't should be something cool and exciting not a a, like dry like topic
0: Mm. yeah absolutely james how in your opinion have kind of consumer and customer behaviors uh, and expectations i guess changed and and what does that mean for organizations that are maybe already in the mists of the data journey in relation to their strategy.
1: No, it's a good, it's a good question. I mean, I think the consumer behaviours have changed markedly, haven't they, um, in recent years? And I mean, obviously the the uh, technologies behind the the change that we've seen over the m- more than ten years. So so obviously, digital technology has been kind of the background beat to consumer change for for a long time now. But obviously, things kind of in the last two years. Uh, the pandemic and so on, things things have changed quite rapidly, and we, we just see the way that we behave as people. Where a lot of us are still working from home, and we you know we we, we adopt a different way, a, a way of a way of living in some some degree. But I mean, some of the things that um that I think probably Ed recognized as well uh, that I think are kind of really key to the way consumers are thinking these days is not only the you know the flexibility to kind of consume different ways. So digital obviously being front and center. I and mean, that's nothing new in that sense, but it's even more so. Convenience has been one of the ultimate drivers, I think, for, for consumer behavior for a long time. And and and, and ever, and, you know, we hear it all the time. Convenience is the big thing for 2020, 21, 22, 23, it'll be 24, 25, be going on. Other areas as well, personalization has been interesting. So, I mean, a lot of organizations try to move to mass personalization, which is really hard, right? But 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 there is a an expectation that people do have a more of a personal relationship with brands, and what that means, that does have a direct influence on data and how you talk to them, how you how you use your data to engage them. Um, I mean, the other one's probably to we'll pick up on really is transparency is, is is an enormous one, and that obviously is big in, with with data and the way we use data. People are far savvier than, than they've ever been, and far are more aware of that. There's some value exchange that's often not felt in the mm-hmm. in, in exchange for brands, and that's where things like loyalty schemes come in really, really strongly. Which which Ed, Ed knows all about all about the area. But what, what I think what it kind of means though for a data strategy is that. You know, data strategy should be a living document. It should be a living process rather than a document. Actually, so you know, we tend to think of a strategy now as twelve years. It's not twelve years, goodness me, twelve months. <laughs> it feels like twelve years. Some of them I've done, <laughs> but yeah, 12, 12 months. What we're kind of looking at because things change so fast. Enough, you know, when you're setting out a roadmap for change, look at those twelve months. When you're looking at it, saying what I what I want to be doing in five years' time. No one can predict that, particularly when they're dealing with customers, dealing with consumer change and so on. So there's a need to be agile when it comes to data strategy these days. So I think that's one of the fundamental things is that that strategy needs checking pretty much constantly, actually.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It'd be interesting to hear from you around, you know, what you've seen at Costa with regards to kind of customer, you know, behaviors and expectations and how that changed, especially coming out of, the pandemic you know and and what that means now for 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 you and your team
2: yeah i think i think there's one bit of like and this is one of the positives of real positives of like gd gdpr is that people have a lot more awareness now of what data is going in so it's probably raised the expectations of from a consumer point of view for for businesses and brands to like use it because again people recognize now when you go hang on i always buy this or i don't do this why are you talking to me about this and this Mm. so i think it's um that's i kind of like positive because it's made like businesses work work harder here and i think james touched on sort of mass personalization earlier but i also think there's that that social responsibility now and you know business consumers are not just always looking for the Quickest. They also choosing the brands that they want to do like business with, and the businesses that they think are doing the right thing. Mm-hmm. And some of that involves, what first of all, us understanding consumers in the best possible way, but also using that data responsibly, um, because again, pe- can, consumers recognise this is actually worth something. So um, I want to make sure that they're that they're giving data to the right type of businesses so Mm. yeah i think consumers are a a lot savvier um which is a kind of like good thing because it forces us to keep doing the right thing
0: yeah yeah The, the the ethics piece is is huge isn't it in terms of kind of the the exchange with brands and um you know where where people are now willing to buy from um, yeah. etc how have the the changes then with regards to you know first and third party data how, how have those changes impacted you know the the landscape and you know what does that mean for piecing that all together within the strategy
1: well, i can i can give a view i mean it's um what what we've what i've certainly seen in recent times is is a real push towards collecting more first party information um i my my days back in sort of target marketing obviously i, I worked experience for a long time and and you know experience an organization does a third party data it is the third party in many senses because it's all about providing data to kind of enrich your understanding of your customer um and that's that's stood a lot of organizations in good stead for a long time but i mean there's obviously you know Long-awaited changes in cookies, for example, uh, are—I are, are, mean, whenever that is going to happen, it keep, I keep looking at different dates. But fundamentally, that's that's changing uh, an approach to marketing, and that has a knock-on effect on on your data. But I would say, you know, first-party data is always going to be your crown jewel. I mean, no one else has got that information, and and finding ways to. Collect more data in, a say, in an ethical way, which your your customer wants to exchange that information. It is it, is critical, um, and what I'm seeing, honestly, is more and more companies prioritising that. And lots of organisations that that may have struggled with that. So, the FMCG world, for example, not you know been quite difficult for them, mm. and they are, you know, they've been spending good few years now developing more direct to consumer channels specifically. <laughs> One, so they can sometimes cut out the middle, middle man, as it were, or middle person. But also collect more information, understand their customers, and be able to engage them more effectively. So that's a big,
2: big push, I think. Yeah, yeah. it's interesting. Go on. Ed. I would I would echo that, and it's the element I think businesses have probably had a treasure trove of first plot first first-party data, but not truly exploited. And I think this is causing businesses now to really double down and then go, we already have this. Let's actually use this. And this is our competitive advantage. Let's actually make real kind of value from this. Um, So I think that's a a real kind of like positive um, that that we like sort of seeing is that sort of business is really going, look, this is ours. Let's really kind of like use this, whether you call it first party, zero party, whatever, Um, sweat this really, really well because this is what you've got and no one else has.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I think Nike were a um, big use case of this, weren't they? Through the pandemic, they kind of went full tilt on trying to go back to, you know, more direct to consumer because they'd obviously been so reliant upon all of their, suppliers and you know retail stores that were selling their products and um they realized pretty quickly hang on we might, we might be a little bit out of the loop here so we need to start developing those relationships again which um yeah this a, is a is a good thing for sure um keen to get your thoughts on 2023 and you know a lot of murmurs in the in the world around you know the uncertainty of the economic climate and etc etc what Obviously, you've both lived and and worked through these types of things before. So, what what role does the economic climate play in, you know, evolving and iterating that data strategy? And I guess how do you keep your finger on the pulse in terms of what the right thing to to do is by the customer?
1: Yeah, it's a, it's a great question. I think, um, yeah, I've been through it a few times. I suppose. I mean, is is you don't know? I mean certainly there's a lot of um forces play in the kind of both macro economic environment which are which are new or they're certainly c- certainly you know there's, there's geopolitical issues which are which have been going on for the past year and uh, the effect of things and energy costs and so on but yeah we've, we've been in situations before haven't we where things have taken a significant tumble i guess and um and, yeah and, and some organizations fall by the wayside and others others do well don't they but i think um when it comes from a data strategy perspective it probably underlines one of the points i was making earlier i think about taking a very agile approach to how you think about a data strategy so data strategies are often considered to be monolithic by some organizations you know we better get one and let's get it and you know big old piece of work and it's going to sit on the shelf for a while and and that's why i really sort of bang, bang the drum around it being a living process that that fundamentally uh, one 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 of the things you're going to be doing, your data strategy is being very aware of your kind of political, economic, social, technological con- uh, context. You need to be aware of that all the time. And I think as changes that consumers happen so rapidly, it's about keeping your finger on the pulse, really. Being, being aware that, you know, how do you find ways to be better in touch with what your, your customers are thinking? And the mm-hmm. need to change him because that will influence it. So, you know, your set of use cases that you might set out in 2022, they may completely change next year because of because of fundamental changes in your market. And this is why, in some ways, we tried to detach data strategy a little bit from the kind of hard things like technology, which take sometimes take years to happen <laughs> because they need to detach a little bit. This is a business document. This is about changing and adapting to the market. and it's all about getting your Instagram to the ground really um mm. in whatever channel you've got whether that's collecting more information or talking to your customers whatever it might be so that'd be my view
0: mm, yeah ed what, what do you think because obviously i imagine a business like costa will um w- will kind of be impacted by if there's you know a big shift from an economics standpoint with you know what consumers are willing to spend their money on for example and how much they're willing to spend their money on and you know a whole host of things that could come out of that you know in terms of product diversification of a portfolio and actually you know where they might be willing to what they might be willing to buy in comparison to what they were willing to buy etc
2: yeah i'd agree i think you know even like markets such as kind of like coffee people are people are very kind of critical of what they're spending on right now so how do we offer the best possible product the the right kind of like pricing the right products and ranging in the like different areas that uh, meets consumer demand I think all of us uh, you know we're all probably working remotely multiple days per week how do we understand data travel patterns where we've got the right the right stores with the right range for the right consumers and if we were focusing on a sort of long-term strategy we've we wouldn't have pivoted based on covid economics to like meet that so i think james is absolutely right you have to be agile and i think the lights like, sort of days of having a three or five year strategy and you taking you know x long to like get here are like sort of gone but it's the elements of have got to go and we've got to got to focus on your like foundational pieces but also Deliver things quickly too, um, mm. so I think agile is like sort of key. But it it also links back to consumer, and you've got to link back to your consumer and your like business and be able to like pivot.
0: Mm. Yeah, absolutely. I guess one of the questions that often gets thrown up when you get into this whole, you know, customer centricity topic, alongside you know businesses on the the quest to be data driven in quotation marks, is can you be both? at the same time right which is possibly a good point to to end on because i'm conscious of time but what, what what do you gents think is it possible to be customer centric and data data driven at, at the same time
1: yeah I'd, I'd actually go as far as say they're one and the same actually mm-hmm. reality um you know to be to be to be data driven you need to be fo- you need to be focused on focus on your own customer you know, um, and, and every part of it, even the stuff that the customers don't see, right? The foundational bits. Governance is all about making sure make really about making sure your data aligns to your business strategy fundamentally. Let's strip it down down to its basics. You know, mm-hmm. how you architect your data is going to be done in such a way that it's delivering value. So I think that I, I just think that one of the same And if, if you you know, if you look at the supermarkets, for example, they'd say that, you know, drive, you know, fundamentally it's all about um, you know, it has been for long long time about loyalty and understanding how people behave and how do you how do you how do you sell more and uh and, and more of what people want that's all data driven isn't it and mm-hmm. it's all customer centric so that would, yeah. i think it's probably one of the same but yeah nice ed what do you
0: think
2: yeah i would agree i i think it's you know we like to talk about sometimes a, a business strategy and a data strategy and the alignment and all this bits, but it all has to add up in the same same kind of way and whether your consumer is someone on the street buying like coffee or a financial services product or you're a b2b business whatever whoever your consumer is you've got to like best possibly understand them and drive that retention lifetime value profitability whatever your like measure of success is so uh, i think it, it it's they are fundamentally linked we just sometimes probably kick ourselves by calling things different things having a data strategy and a business strategy this this all has to work as like one thing right
0: mm-hmm. yeah it's interesting because i guess ironically it kind of probably plays right back into the question i asked you right in terms of we all know that you should start <laughs> with the business objective and the strategy but that for whatever reason that often doesn't happen so that's the exact same thing here right if you know if you're if your customers, um, you know if you sell coffee and you want your customers to to buy more and stay loyal to you and not walk down the street and go to greg's or to starbucks and you need to know more about them right that's that's obviously part of a business strategy so yeah interesting um gents look really appreciate your time um conscious that it's uh it's going to be dinner time soon and i think ed it's already dinner time in your house i can uh hear the kids going wild <laughs> in the background which is uh absolutely no problem but um yeah look really appreciate you uh both coming back on the show and uh um, yeah, we'll look forward Brilliant. to speaking to you soon.
1: Oh, thanks very much, Carl. All right, yeah,
2: cheers, Carl. It's been, been a pleasure.
0: That's it for this episode of Driven by Data, the podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. I'll be back next week speaking with another thought leader from the world of data and analytics. Until then, please follow our Bishon Group on social media if you've not already done so, where you'll be able to subscribe and therefore be made aware of the podcasts as they arrive. And please share like and leave reviews so that more people from our industry get to hear and benefit from these two if you've got any questions or you want to suggest ideas for topics or potential guests then please feel free to reach out to me thanks for listening and i'll be back next week